Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, yep. continuing some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Oh, Great blue yep. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do we follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin?
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard it's hard to choose. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You gonna learn today. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Shalom and good morning. Welcome once again to another episode of ISBHBK Presents Bible Talk. Now, I know today, today being, let me see, um, today is Thursday, right? Yes, today is Thursday. Let me, let me make sure. I, my, I, my calendar is all messed up. Today is Thursday. Right? Today is Thursday, June 29th. And... I know Thursdays is supposed to be, um, today's supposed to be the second episode of Tazapaz, um, uh FYI, but um, uh, the brother had to go to work. We're definitely still in captivity. He was called to the plantation, uh, so we had, he had to go and handle that. So uh, we're going to put off uh, uh, today's episode of FYI for your information uh, presented by the brother Tazapaz. We're going to uh, postpone that until next Thursday. So in the meantime, uh, uh, you have me. It's, it's your brother Mashaba. Uh, again, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, you've reached the ISBHBK uh, Bible Talk podcast. Uh, Shalom and, and good morning uh, to the twelve tribes worldwide. Again, welcome to our, our podcast. Um, uh, we're here to teach the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, and Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans. That you are part of, uh, you are the uh, original descendants of the twelve tribes of the nation of Israel. That, that, um, and that your sal- our salvation through the who the world calls Jesus Christ is about to come soon. That that uh, our sins are about to be forgiven. So with that, uh, I do want to kind of continue with with the class we was going over yesterday. But let me get a few announcements out the way. Uh, forgive me for the late start also today at ten thirty to the ten o'clock. Uh, last night wasn't the greatest night for myself, so we, uh, I had to push it back just uh, just a little bit. But we're going to keep keep things moving. Being a part of the ISBHBK um, network of schools uh, located here in, in, in North America, um, we have a school here in San Antonio, Texas, located at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Um, we have classes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, um, and you can view them on YouTube under ISBHBK San Antonio. Uh, starting at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then, you know, on Saturdays, um, uh, you can catch the Sabbath uh, class starting at 10 a.m. Uh, the brothers to contact here in San Antonio is Brother Awana Iyer at area code 210-862-2643 or the Brother Shamshawan at 505-387-9609. To help support our school here in San Antonio, we ask that you check out Eastern Fragrances or On The Mark Movie, which are both located at uh, Rolling Oaks Mall. Uh, Eastern Fragrances provides you the, the, the um, high, the best high quality uh, perfume oils uh, for men and, men and women, as well as incense oils uh, and, and Egyptian uh, decanters, tear glass catchers for your uh, dispensaries. Uh, Eastern Fragrances, go, proceeds from Eastern Fragrances go directly to help keep our school going here in San Antonio. As well as On the Mark Moving. On the Mark Moving is, is also located in Little Ghost Mall 
in the dealer's wing of the mall, the north end, north end side of the mall. Uh, on the market, what was a moving company where if any moving needs you might need from uh, no, no, nothing too big, nothing too small, uh, licensed, insurance, and bonded. They can move anything from, from a storage to a garage to a, a, an apartment house, a business, whatever you need moved. Uh, it's a professional moving company. As I said, licensed, insured, and bonded. Uh, please check out Unmarked Moving and understand also that uh, proceeds from this business also go to help support and keep the school going here in San Antonio. For our schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester, we ask that you please check out isbhpk.com. We ask you that you please check out isbhpk.com. As I pull pull that up real quick also, where you'll find links uh, on the website to uh, Coastal Creations, uh, Sweet Ambiance, as well as Okay, what's going on here? Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Um, as I was saying, you can find um, links to Chosen Creations, uh, Sweet Ambiance, and Israelware. Um, Chosen Creations is dedicated to bringing back the beauty of Hebrew-Israelite culture. Chosen Creations uh, offers custom engraved jewelry, personalized uh, home decor, and unique gifts that you can't find anywhere else. So again, these businesses have been set up uh, uh, to help keep our schools going in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester. So we ask that you please come and check out Chosen Creations, also on Etsy. Uh, Chosen Creations at, on Etsy.com. Again, for um, Hebrew Israelite culture, dedicated to uh, custom engraved jewelry, personalized home decor, and unique gifts, all right? We also have uh, Sweet Ambiance. Sweet Ambiance uh, provides uh, monetary and job support to ISBHBK by engineering custom fragrances so everyone of your moods can smell amazing. Uh, when you support Sweet Ambiance, you support ISBHBK.com. And with Sweet Ambiance, you can establish a subscription, a monthly subscription, where you can get um, uh, the fragrance of the month um, delivered to you every month uh, without fail to keep your, your, your um, cologne or perfume uh, repertoire up to date and, and uh, with the latest fragrances. So uh, please check out uh, uh, Sweet Ambiance on isbhbk.com and start a subscription. Start a monthly subscription to help keep our schools going, again, in Houston, Norfolk, and in Rochester. And we also have uh, Israelware. Israelware. Uh, now please know that with Israelware, every piece is handmade. You can uh, request either a custom design or we can create one for you based on your color, color preference and style. Uh, bring any ideas to us and we can bring it to life, all right? And this is a, basically it's, it's a, a, a garments for men, women, and children where you, you can really get laid out, decked out, um, dressed from the head to the toe. Uh, they can definitely take care of you. And as it says, each piece is handmade. Uh, and you start a subscription there also, a monthly subscription with Israel as well to help, uh, uh, to help keep our schools going uh, in Houston, Norfolk, and in Rochester. Our school in Houston, in Houston if you'd like to check it out, um, and we invite anybody to please go and check out any, any, of, our, 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 uh, any of the schools. Our school in, in, in Houston, in the Houston area, I'm going to say it like that, is located at 231 FM Road, 1092 in Stafford, Texas, 
77477, be any address there. If you let's check out our, our, our schools online from Houston, we ask that you please go to ISBHBK Houston. That's ISBHBK Houston on YouTube every Monday and Wednesday, starting at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as uh, Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. again on ISBHBK Houston, and also on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Uh, for our school in Norfolk, uh, which is located at 2610 Granby Street, uh, Nova, Virginia, 23517. Uh, you can check them out live if, you, um, like, like if, if you're not there at the actual school, like this, uh, see them live. We ask that you please log on to Facebook. Go on Facebook and, and uh, uh, type in or do a search for the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. And we have live classes every Tuesday and Thursday starting at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then you can catch uh, our school in Norfolk every Friday on YouTube at ISBHBK Norfolk every Friday, again, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then on Saturdays, we ask that you please log on and check out the Sabbath ceremony uh, starting at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, again, at ISBHBK Norfolk. Um, also check out um, uh, uh, some of other other shows that we have, uh, YouTube media that we have, including Five Minutes of Wisdom. Um, it, and like the title says, it's five minutes of wisdom. You know, those little jewels, you know, those uh, tidbits, those gems of wisdom. Uh, it, you, you'll really appreciate it. As well as uh, Heat and Truth, you really will like it. Uh, check it out. And last but not least, certainly, is our newest school that we have uh, in the ISBHBK Network of Schools is our school in Rochester, Rochester, New York, which is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606. Um, you can check them out if you're uh, in either if you're in the Rochester area, please go to the school. Uh, but if you're on YouTube or online, you can check them out with Priest Zion um, every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube at ISBHBK Rochester, um, starting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And please contact for our school in Rochester. Please contact uh, Priest Zion Allah. At area code 757-762-3917. And in case I missed it, uh, for our school in Houston, please, if you have any questions um, or, or anything, please contact Priest Kazakia uh, at area code 757-300-4047. Just case if I forgot his name. Um, if you're in the Albuquerque area, um, we do have brothers up there in the Albuquerque area, uh, please contact Brother Aisha White this off. Uh, at area code 505-218-4218, area code 505-218-4218. Uh, for any uh, uh, brothers and sisters who like to come and get, uh, uh, and get together there in Albuquerque, please reach out to Brother Isaac White Desire, uh, and he can definitely accommodate whatever you got going on. Any questions you might have, biblical questions, health questions, uh, finance questions, uh, please contact Brother Isaac White Desire. He's, he, if, he, if he doesn't have it, he'll get it. Uh, a great brother, uh, please check him out again. Erica, 505-218-4218. Um, also here in San Antonio, we do have the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, where every Sunday we do have the uh, Paleo Hebrew Hebrew class um, every Sunday in the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, which is located at Roman Oaks Mall on the south end of the mall, um, right in front of the remote control race car derby track uh, there at the mall. Uh, in the Sears Wing of the Mall, the former Sears Wing of the Mall. We're there every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. And if you want to learn to pay the Hebrew, 
uh, come and check us out. Uh, please come and visit, visit us at uh, the event center uh, located at Roland Oaks Mall. The event center is, is established and maintained by EO Pure Therapy. Um, EO Pure Therapy uh, specializes in CBD, CBD creams, gummies, tinctures, and roll-ons, as well as um, uh, handmade uh, bath bombs. that can also be infused with the CBD oil if you choose. Uh, EO Pure Therapy is, is a skincare product um, uh, uh, store that any skin skincare products that you need for men, women, or children, they can accommodate you from bath, bath, bath bombs, sugar scrubs, salt scrubs, uh, handmade uh, soaps, handmade lotions, uh, handmade beard and body oils, as well as um, incense uh, and diffusers. Uh, please check them out. Uh, the, the Sister Quadrifia over there. And uh, right now, uh, go visit the brother Jabbar Kawa. Let him know that, and just uh, tell him that, uh, tell him Blog Talk, uh, when Shaba sent you, and, and they will definitely hook you up. Uh, they can design a custom fragrance for you or provide you also with, with uh, high-quality uh, Kelowna perfume oils for men, women, and children, as well as for the house or any mood you have going on. And again, that's EO Pure Therapy located at Ronaldo Small at, um, in the JCPenney wing of the, of the mall on the first floor, directly diagonal from H&M Clothing Store. All right, so we ask you please go check out EO Pure Therapy to help keep things going and moving. All right. Uh, with that being said, uh, this is part of the show where I like to, um, uh, we have a prayer list that we like to go over. Uh, and I ask that you please, um, as we go over these names, we're going to send a, a quick prayer up uh, for some of these names. But I do ask that every one of our listeners, uh, whether it's the live show or whether you catch the show on the archive show, uh, please send these prayers up for, for, for these people that we have on this list. And if you'd like your name added to the list, uh, for some extra prayer for for things that might be happening, please contact me at area code 210-784-8463. Shoot me a text. Shoot me a text. And, and uh, for anybody you want added to the prayer prayer list, uh, please put their name and put behind the name PR or prayer, prayer request. And I will definitely get the name added to, uh, to our list of names uh, for everybody to be able to send prayers up for. But I do want to go ahead and just add these names uh, at this time or say these names at this time. Um, in, in a quick prayer, uh, that the most high, that, that we can encourage, uh, uh, encourage prayer and encourage everybody to uh, uh, have these people, uh, again, add to your prayer, prayer request. So I'm going to start the prayer off like this. It says, the most high in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send Michael and the holy angels to watch over, to bless, to heal, to protect, to strengthen, to help, to guide. And to please take away all evil, all evil people, all evil spirits, all sicknesses, all guile, and all malice. From Dahawam and Maradaya, uh, from the brother John Spann, uh, from the sister uh, Miss Tasman, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, uh, from uh, the sister Becky and the brother Daryl, from the entire Lovett family, from the entire Coates family, from the brother Kazakia and his family and his wife uh, Shawashana. From the sister Anagashia, uh, from the brother Sahawam uh, Mayam uh, there in Houston, from the brother Wes Beverly, uh, Sahawam here in San Antonio, for the sister Ayana uh, Banaf Banyanyan, the wife of, of our brother and teacher, uh, Awana Aya, uh, for the special needs children, um, Cece, Isaly, and Aliyah, uh, for the brother Tazapa uh, and his family, uh, as well as uh, his son, Rapa. Um, for the brother Kwadash Gabar, 
uh, here in San Antonio as well. For the brother Yanamathan up there in Albuquerque, holding it down for us in Albuquerque. Uh, for the brother Sam Kordash, who's out there in Florida. Uh, for the sister Ruthie Mae Johnson, the, uh, the mother-in-law of, 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 uh, of, of a long-time brother, uh, brother um, Gabar out there in Florida. For the sister uh, Kwadashaya, the wife of uh, Bonabad, uh, Father, and we also ask you uh, to, uh, that you might watch over um, uh, Pat Washington, the mother of our brother LV. Uh, Father, we ask, you, we ask you all these things in the name of your son, uh, Jesus Christ, or in the Hebrew, Yahweh Shai. The water from Yah, thank you always, Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, um, I'm glad we got that, uh, got that together. And again, if you don't have any name added to the prayer request or prayer list, please shoot me a text, Erico 210-784-8463, and I'll be sure to add that to the prayer request um, and that we can get this list out to everybody. That as you do your own personal prayers, please add these names to your own personal prayers, um, that knowing that the prayer of the righteous availeth much. Right, let me read that scripture real quick. Since I quote it all the time. Let me read that scripture real quick. Let me hear, pull it up here. Uh, in First Peter chapter three verse twelve, um, one scripture, First Peter chapter three verse twelve, it does say, "For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous." and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. Uh, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous, of, of a righteous man, availeth much. So let me make sure, I, I got them now. Let me add these to my sheet. And also, let's remember Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20, where it says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So, again, brothers and sisters, we just ask that uh, uh, add, add these names uh, to your own personal prayer, prayer list. And if you have anybody that, that uh, you would like to have their name added, please let me know. All right? Please let me know. Not in a, in a, in a boastful way or a prideful way. Um, of trying to be more righteous or try to be uh, appear more uh, than what I am or what we are, but just just to, to um, get the prayers going, brothers and sisters, uh, to pray for one another, to esteem others uh, better than ourselves. Okay. So let me fix this here real quick, brothers and sisters. And yes, what I'm trying to do, brother, sister, just just to let it, let it be known, I'm trying to slow myself down. I'm trying to pace myself. I was listening to uh, the class that I did yesterday, and it's almost like I had Red Bull, um, ginseng, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a monster, uh, uh, bees, honey. Uh, any energy that that you can think of, uh, uh, beat, well, all, the whole beat, beat complex, <laughs> that it was it was fast paced, right? It was fast paced, and so much so that uh, I don't know if even all my words were even heard 
uh, just because I was speaking so passionately, speaking so so fast, that I think uh, I might have lost uh, some of the things that might have been lost in translation. So I'm trying to pace myself, brothers and sisters, because um, again, I know that I can I can get to rolling and I can get to talking, and a lot of times my mouth is going faster than my brain. Um, well, actually, my brain is going faster than my mouth, and I can't get everything out like like I wanted to. And it could be forced, it could be rushed, uh, um, and it just it just be hard to keep up and comprehend. So what I'd like to do at this time is kind of do a quick recap, uh, as brief as I can, uh, where we left off yesterday, um, and then coming to today's class, uh, and, and trying to give some understanding. But since there's one thing we was going over yesterday, as I'm doing my series on uh, to deny Christ, and it's the twelfth part of this series on denying Christ. And the main topic of, of, of this, obviously, is to, in denying Christ. But I'm trying to get us to, get, uh, to focus on or look at that when we get into our feelings and we get to dealing with our emotions and, 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 uh, and we're affected by our environment, that, it, that in many times, in many cases, that we'll pay more attention to our environment and our surroundings and our emotions, how we feel at a certain time, that it will be in those instances that we will deny Christ. That the example that Christ gave us uh, with the, with the uh, crucifixion, the example of his death that he gave us, to follow his steps, and that going through all that he went through, going through, through uh, his ministry and everything he went through of being rejected, of being hated, being dejected, to the point where uh, he was slandered against, he was lied, he was lied upon, uh, he was abandoned, and then also the physical trauma that he actually suffered. But since he went through that for our example, uh, not to follow his own will, that the temptation that Christ went through, if we look at the as we study his temptations or study temptation, the temptation that Satan offers, brothers and sisters, is for us to do our own will. Is for us to do um, and and, uh, and obey our own feelings, for us to do and obey our own thoughts, to put ourselves first, and that we can see as we did a, a series in the study on uh, Christ being the Passover, what that means that Christ is our Passover. What, is it, what, is, what does it mean when Christ is known as the Lamb of God and the sacrifice that He made, that He went through all that He went through to be an example for us not to cater to our own wills, not to cater to our own feelings, not to cater to, to how our feelings and our emotions get affected by our environment and our surroundings, uh, but to keep in mind the will of God. And that even under the most extreme um, duress uh, and distress and, and mental anguish and physical anguish that Christ was going through in all that, he did not cater to put himself first. He did not give in to the, to the, to the temptation that he's going to take matters in his own hands and, and uh, not go through what, the, what he had to go through, all right? That that was the, the main uh, focus of what, of what he went through to help us to be, have our sins forgiven, all right? And we, we did a series on that. I think it was a 21-part 21, 21 series that we, that we covered with that. Uh, please check out uh, www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, when you put our set up, 
type in uh, my name, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and that'll bring you to our, our show page, all right, um, and, and our library of, of, of classes and shows that we've done reaching all the way back to February 10th, 2010, uh, all the way up to uh, yesterday, all right? So we ask um, if you want to share any of the part of the series that we've done, or any, any series that Tazapah has done with Tazapah Tuesdays, or any of the series that Bonabad has done, any of the series that uh, Bayasapar has done, uh, going all the way back to where the brother uh, Karash, the other Karash, with the, um, the House of David, uh, Mount Zion, 12 tribes. Um, classes that the brother um, uh, Kawakan down in Guatemala ha has done. We have all those archived in the library there at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mashaba. So in looking at this thing with denying Christ, right, uh, that it's because of our emotions, how our emotions and our feelings will get hit and affected that we will have a tendency to want to take matters in our own hands and put ourselves first. And that's been the main focus or, or, or been some of the examples that we've been, I've been trying to bring out in this 12-part series that we're going over. So yesterday, brothers and sisters, uh, we was going over uh, one thing that, that, that you're going to hear me bring out a lot as you listen to some of uh, my shows and uh, the series that I go over is I'm going to bring up a lot, brothers and sisters, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. Let me go ahead and pull that up again real quick. Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 1 and verse 9. And it says this, chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. I'm, I'm, there's a lot going on right now, and I'm trying, I'm trying to pace myself and give everybody a chance to listen and, and catch up with where I'm going, all right? Let me back up just a little bit. Let me back up just a little bit. Being a part of the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, um, we, are, we are originally from the Israeli School of Universal Practical Knowledge that was opened up, that was opened back in uh, 19, 1970, uh, by the brothers um, Abba Bivens, um, uh, Masha, and Yaiqua, which eventually became the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge, which had seven elders, um, uh, Masha, Arya, Yaiqua, Lahabi, Shah, and Kizak. Um, and that school um, stayed, stayed that way all the way up until like 1996. Six, I believe, when there was a split. Um, there were several other splits that happened up, up, up until that time, but the main school, um, or headquarters, as, as we used to call it also, uh, was 1 West 125th Street. And uh, it was called the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. And the reason the elders um, that came up with that name is that we are the Israelites, all right, that we are the Israelites, and that we're coming to a school that as opposed to what would be called a church and what everybody's definition and recognition of the word church was, especially back in the 19, 1970s when they first opened up, that no, we're, it's a school, that we're going to look at the Bible, we're going to study the Bible, and we're really going to get into the, the scriptures and see what the Bible says. And we're going to get reference books, we're going to get dictionaries, we're going to get encyclopedias, we're going to study archaeology, we're going to study geography. We're going to study history. That it's a school. It's the Israelite school. 
of universal practical knowledge. And that being, it's the Israelite school of universal, universal, that, that the knowledge of the Bible is universal, that the knowledge of the Bible, of these scriptures, of the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Apocrypha can be used and applied. That it, we're not dealing with a religion, that the Bible is not a religious book. And that was one thing that was always stressed, that the Bible is not a religious book, that it's not a book of religion, that religions have tried, have tried to base themselves off of some of the things in the Bible, but the Bible does not teach religion, that there's no religion that the Bible teaches, but it does give us, the Bible does, <clears throat> when we look at it, from Genesis chapters 1 through 10, we get the creation of the earth, um, creation of, of, of people, uh, we get to Adam, uh, and from Adam, uh, we get to Noah, and then from Noah, we have the flood, and then we have um, the population of Earth from Noah's three sons, uh, the three classification of humans um, uh, coming from Shem, Ham, or Japheth. Then from, from Noah, we, go, we follow Shem's, um, Noah's son, Shem, we now follow from Genesis chapter 11, we follow his descendants until we get to uh, Abraham. And then from Abraham, being a descendant of Shem, um, uh, if I walk it down properly, Abraham being a descendant of Eber, where we get the term Hebrew from, being a descendant of Shem, who was the son of Noah, who was a descendant of Adam you know, after the flood. Then we have... Then we come in, we come into, uh, from Genesis chapter 11, we have the birth of Abraham, all the way to Genesis chapter 25, we have the birth of Abraham, and we go through his life, life, life story and um, life history, and we get to the birth of his sons, and his, um, his sons Ishmael, Isaac, um, uh, and his other sons that he had with Keturah. From his sons, Isaac, from Genesis chapter 25, Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau, or Esau and Jacob. From Genesis chapter 25, we have the birth of Jacob, where Jacob becomes the father of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel in Genesis chapter 25, coming forth all the way through to the book of Revelation chapter 22, is dealing with Abraham's descendants, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, or the children of Israel, or the children of Jacob. That, that's what the, the entire Bible is about. If we, if we take a look at it, it's the history, it's the, the, uh, the chronicles, it's the, the, the documentation of what happened and the prophecies of what was going to happen to the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And, if, and the knowledge that's in, the, in this book is universal for all 12 tribes. It's not dealing with a religion that you have to only be a Baptist or a Methodist or an Episcopalian or Seventh-day Adventist, or, or non-denominational, uh, non um, that the, the Bible is universal for the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel, uh, and that it's practical, that the Bible is a book of practical knowledge. By practical knowledge, meaning it can be applied. It's not mythical. It's not mystical, but that the, the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the intelligence that we get from the Bible is practical. You can actually put it into application. It can actually be used. 
It's not just to come up with a, a, a Mother's Day card. It's not good for just um, uh, uh, creating, creating hymns to be sung, sung uh, somewhere uh, and, and get a good feeling. That the knowledge that's in, contained in the Bible is practical knowledge. Hence, the Israeli, the Israelite school of universal practical knowledge. After the split, um, the Israelite school of universal practical knowledge became known as the Israelite Church uh, of God and Jesus Christ, um, and it became a, a, a nonprofit organization with the 501c3 that it changed to the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. That was then. Uh, uh, um, uh, had an overseer, for lack of a better word, uh, as as we had the, the death of, of some of the elders and and various splits and contentions that, that was taking place um, under the, under Tzadokia, who called himself the Comforter. Uh, we don't prescribe that any man is the Comforter or that any man is the Holy Spirit. So we continue to teach the original teachings that we gotten from the Israelite School of Minerals Practical Knowledge. But we changed the name to the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. Uh, it's the title of our, the number of schools that we're with. That we are the Israelite School, because that's where we have, we have schools, not church, but schools, and we do teach biblical history. That there's a lot of history in the Bible. So we do teach biblical history, and we do teach practical knowledge. Hence our name, the Israel School of Practical Knowledge. I'm saying all these things, uh, brothers and sisters, and this is not to throw shade or throw shine on any other, other, other schools or camps or churches that are out there teaching the repentance to 12 tribes of, of, of Israel. Yes, by all means, all of that is correct. Because the scriptures tell us that, that um, there's different parts to the body of Christ, there's different administrations, and there's different offices, so we don't throw any shade or... or uh, um, uh, anything at any of the other camps or schools and what they have going on, they're doing their work in Christ. Um, so, so, so with all that being said, with all that being said, um, coming back and understanding that the Bible is not a mystical, mythical, or religious book. When we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, when we come to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. By understanding that this is something that can actually be identified. This is something that can actually be um, put to use or should be, uh, be given as instruction to us that the, as the saying goes, history repeats itself. And furthermore, as this scripture is paraphrased, if you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it. That's all summarized from this scripture right here. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9. That the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. Meaning, thing, events that happened in the past is what's going to happen in the future. And that which is done, the things that were done, is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. That the events that take place, there is no new event or no, no new thing under the sun. And we do believe the Bible to be the word of God. We do believe the Bible to, uh, we believe in the Bible. 
when we put Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 together with Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 15, uh, and keeping with, with the tenets and the instructions that we get from Isaiah chapter 28 verses 9 and 10, which tells us that if we want to get the knowledge of God and understand how God does things, we have to put the precepts together, precept on precept, precept on precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That in, in, in our studies, that we've got to put the concepts and the precepts together to get what God is talking about. That I can't just take one scripture uh, from the Bible and then surmise the whole thing of God or surmise that I've got an idea of what God is talking about. I would have to go ahead now and understand that if the Bible's being a history book, starting from creation all the way up until, uh, until present, there's a history book that I would have to gather together and understand that we're talking about 1,000 years. We're talking about, what, 6,000 years of history that is contained in the Bible. And that in that 6,000 years, that different words and different um, uh, uh, phrases, that they have different meanings, a different context. Um, and that I would have to go now and get these concepts, I would have to gather everywhere where something is said about a particular thing. I would need to gather all those scriptures together, all those different places that things were said, and then start to study that so I can start to get an understanding about what God was talking about, what he means. As opposed to just, I'm just probably new on the scene here in 2023, and from what I think the word means and uh, what I feel it is and what you might feel it is, that I'm going to now take this one scripture and I'm going to build uh, this 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 uh, reality, uh, a false reality that I'm going to put together about what I think it means because of just what one scripture says. I'm not going to get God's understanding. I'm not going to get God's perspective if I don't put the precepts, if we don't put the precepts together. All right? and, and David told us that also in Psalm 119, verse 104, he says, through like precepts, I get understanding. So we have to put the precepts together. We had to put the scriptures together. And like he told Isaiah, it's going to be here a little, there a little. Um, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. So when we put together Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9, with Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 15, it says, that which has been is now. So things that have happened back then is going on now. And that which is to be done, I'm sorry, and that which is, is to be has already been. And things that have happened in the future, there's events we can see that they've already happened in the past. And not in some, again, some mystical or magical deja vu, but we can study the, the events and, and the, the patterns in the rise and fall of nations. We can study events and patterns of, of us as Israelites, what led to our captivities, and what led to us being brought out of captivity. We can go and look at all these things. We can go and look at the rise and fall of nations and, and see that when this was going on uh, in, in the past, we can mark it. We can measure it and see, hold up, this happened repeatedly. There's a pattern when, there's a, uh, when a nation or an empire is, is rising. There's also a pattern um, that can be followed or, or looked at when a nation is on this downfall. We can go and study these things and we can put these things together so it's not such a big mystery. 
again, taking a lot of the mysticism out of the Bible, taking a lot of, a lot of the uh, uh, religiousness out of the Bible that we can see it's practical. We can actually look at it. So Ecclesiastes 3.15 says, that which has been is now, and that which is to be has already been. And God requires that which is past, that things are going to repeat themselves. And it only takes us to stop and, 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 and look and study that we'll be able to see events that happened in the past that there's the same things going on today. And we can see where pieces are being moved on a chessboard that in the past these things happened and it required this to happen, required this event to happen, required this event to happen, that it got this result, that God is doing the exact same thing now that the events that, that, that we're going through, are they're being repeated. They're being repeated. So what was going on yesterday, brothers and sisters, um, and I invite you to please go check out that show. And yes, I was speaking very fast on that show. But please take a minute um, to go and check it out. I suggest uh, you go check out our shows on, uh, under uh, ISBHBK Bible Talk, under the platforms of either Google Podcast, um, iHeartRadio Podcast, uh, Apple iTunes Podcast, or even Podcast Addict. I really recommend those because you can stop, uh, rewind, fast forward uh, on any one of those uh, platforms. Where if you just go to www.blogtalkradio.com, uh, sometimes it's hard to, to, to rewind, fast forward, pause. Uh, if a phone call comes in, um, uh, the, 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 as you listen to the show, it will stop. And when you come back to the shows, uh, sometimes it will start the show all over again. But if you uh, get our platforms on Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, um, uh, iHeartRadio Podcast, um, then you won't have that problem. Please go check out uh, uh, the, the show that I did yesterday. I did speak a little bit fast. I'm trying to pace myself today. Um, to catch up uh, on some of the things that we was going over. We was going over how in ancient Egypt, uh, our first captivity that as Israelites that we had, had, to, had to experience, where the Most High sent Moses to come and, and bring us the message of salvation, that we were going to be saved from the rigorous, the rigorous captivity and slavery and oppression that the Hebrew Israelites, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, had to endure and was going through under the hand of the dark Egyptians. That, that was the very first slavery that we were in, and that there were events and things that happened that we can document and we can look at to be able to see that here in this present time that there's going to be a lot of events and things that we can, we can mark, we can look at that are going to be uh, markers to see that it's going to be the exact same events are going to happen. And the way we were relating this to how it deals with denying Christ is that we looked at from Exodus chapter four, Exodus chapter five, we looked at how when knowledge, the knowledge of salvation came to the Hebrew Israelites, that when Moses was uh, going, uh, receiving the message from God on the burn, from the burning bush and receiving the signs that he was given from his hand being turned uh, leprous from being a, a, a so-called black hand, a dark hand, to a so-called white hand, going back to a dark hand, back to his original flesh, 
and, and then his staff uh, being thrown on the ground, turning to a serpent, and then uh, grabbing the, the serpent, and his staff being turned back to a staff again, that these are the signs that were the physical signs that were given to Moses to show the Hebrew Israelites, the 12 tribes, that our salvation was now come, that God had seen our afflictions uh, in the land of Egypt that we had been enduring for, uh, at that time, close to 400 years, and that he was, going, he was ready to now save us. He is ready now to come to, ready to deliver us and keep the covenant that he had made with our forefather, our ancestor, Abraham, and, and that we will receive the promised land, the land of milk and honey. So that was given to Moses. Moses gave them the message to the Israelites. Upon going to Pharaoh, we were, we were looking at that after getting the message from God, telling the Israelites, and that the Israelites believed in Moses, that, yes, we're going to be saved. As Moses went to, to Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and in doing so, Pharaoh made conditions for the Israelites a lot worse. Pharaoh made it, we were already under an exhaustive oppression, an exhaustive slavery, a rigorous slavery. Um, but then upon Moses um, and Aaron uh, requiring that the children of Israel be free uh, for three days to come and serve and offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, Pharaoh hardened his heart and he increased the, the workload upon the Israelites. And as we were examining and thinking about the workload upon the Hebrew Israelites, that there was a daily quota um, that had to be maintained to, to maintain themselves in Egypt. There was a daily quota of bricks that had to be that had to be uh, uh, had to be made had had, had to be um, had to be made. And that with the 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 aid from the Egyptian government uh, from the Egyptians being cut off, that it required the Hebrew Israelites, our forefathers. To have to put that much more work into now making the bricks, and uh, so that I'm, I'm trying to get my words together at this point right here. By taking away the straw that was being provided to the Hebrew Israelites to make the bricks, to, to make the daily, uh, daily requirement of what was needed. Now, by taking away the straw and now forcing the Hebrew Israelites, and now we had to go find straw and stubble wherever we could find it. We had to put in more work to maintain the daily um, uh, quota or the, the, the daily routine that was required to live in Egypt. And that the purpose of that was to make us stop thinking about serving the Lord our God, to want to be free from the Egyptians, to, be, to serve our God, they increased the workload on the Hebrew Israelites. And we were looking at and examining how, if we look at today, as we look at the cost of living today rising, and that you know, um, in order to maintain a lifestyle, in order to maintain a, 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 the cost of living, I can't say no better than that, in order to maintain the cost of living here in, in America, we were looking at how much work has got to be done just to maintain a house, an apartment, a car, transportation, any type of, of 
um, um, living, how this was some of the same in, uh, is similar to what was employed by the Egyptians to have the Hebrew Israelites to have to think more about work and how they're going to survive as opposed to really now concentrating on we're going to serve the Lord our God. And that was a tactic used by Pharaoh that we were too idle, that we had time to think about God. And we had time to think about um, uh, being free from, our, from what we was doing to go and serve our God. We had too much time on our hands that we weren't putting enough time into thinking about our work. So we're looking at how today a lot of our people are, and we've been conditioned that we worry more about our bills. We, we worry more about our credit. We, were, we worry more about where we're living and how we're taken care of, and that's where a lot of stress and anxiety and nervousness and anxiousness really hits us, that we're worried about how we're taken care of. So that now um, we can't really give the attention and the focus about what the scriptures are talking about, about what we need to do in rehearsing the righteous acts of God uh, and getting back to God, that now in, in the worry and in the, the thought process of how can I maintain myself, how can I maintain my, my lifestyle, how can I maintain um, uh, the, the enjoyments and the blessings of this present life, how can I maintain these things um, if I don't think about how I'm working, if I'm not thinking about how, how, how we're going to get this money, how I'm going to be taken care of, to, to where... Uh, we didn't go into this detail yesterday, but now, as opposed to now studying the Bible, uh, we can take a look at, look how much effort is put into, as, as we just had, you know, we're in summertime, and for how many people just graduated um, different levels of school, from, from university graduations to high school graduations to uh, uh, middle school graduations to grade school uh, graduations, that there's been a, there's a lot of effort and the mental energy put into just graduating. Because upon graduating and getting the education here in this society, that that is gonna be how a person's gonna be able to maintain themselves. That a person with, with more, more degrees, a person with more certificates, a person with more, um, with more degrees, that now they can get a better job so they can maintain themselves easier. They can maintain themselves better because they can demand more money. And if we just take a look at that from just a public school uh, perspective, from a, even a homeschooling perspective, that that is the purpose of uh, where, where our energies, instead of being directed towards the Bible and God's righteousness, look at how our energy is, uh, is being deflected or directed towards getting an education uh, in science, in math, in, in um, uh, health, in PE or whatever, that now our energies are directed more into these things and what our career field, our career field is going to be and not focused on what should we be doing as Hebrew Israelites to prepare for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to prepare for our uh, departure from America, from this world. Instead of putting our focus on that, We've been conditioned to worry about our education. 
worry about how through education, how we're going to survive through education. And all that mental energy we put into education and into the study of, 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 of science and, and many other books in psychology and, and, and everything, that there's a focus on those things in order to survive here in this world, but not the focus on let's get these scriptures to see what we got to do now as Hebrew Israelites to prepare for God's kingdom to come. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That our, our minds are being so conditioned, not just from a school or school mentality, going, going to a school mentality, but even in just a street mentality. So academics ain't, ain't your thing. Cool. So you're going to live on the streets. You're going you're gonna to be about the streets. And now how much energy, mental energy, is put into making sure now as I'm going to be a survivor. In order to survive here, I'm going to, uh, from hip-hop, from entertainment, from uh, 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 and I say entertainment, and that involves acting, that involves uh, uh, singing, that involves all that comes from entertainment. Then look how much mental energy our people put to even that distraction that maybe school is what I'm dealing with. But now I'm going to deal with survival. So and I, I'm going to keep it legal, but I'm going to go through I'm going to be this entertainer. I'm going to be this uh, musician. I'm going to be this actress, this actor, this comedian. I'm going to put my mental energy to these things, but I'm not going to really have where all that energy could be put towards us studying in these scriptures and really focusing and understanding we're the Hebrew Israelites. What is it we did to get here? And now what is it we need to do to get out of here as a nation? That, that mental energy is not being dissipated towards something else. And then, I mean, there's so, so many different things. And how much of our mental energy is, is dedicated towards religion and being, being good in, in, uh, in whatever religion that we might be practicing, but not in where the mental energy is being put towards we are the Hebrew Israelites. And in what do we as the nation, as the children of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, where should our focus be at as we've been given the Lord's Prayer? Our fathers want in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That our minds have really been distracted and we're, going, and we're focusing on what was going on in ancient Egypt to maintain. What event happened in ancient Egypt to maintain, um, uh, to distract us from thinking about the Lord our God and serving him? How are we going to survive in Egypt? How are we going to, how are we going to maintain the, the number of bricks that was needed if y'all take away the straw, that now our focus and our minds will be on we have to maintain. We have to put in more work to survive in Egypt as opposed to rejoicing now in the fact that our God is coming to save us. Our God is ready to, he's heard our cries, he's seen our afflictions, he's ready to deliver us. How that was, that's a distraction to get us to think about that and really be, be caught up on how am I going to survive? How am I going to make it? So these are some of the things that we've gone over yesterday, brothers and sisters. And I did want to go over that a little bit more. Um, we did hit up in the, the, at the end of the show. We was going over Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21. Um, well, let, let, me, let, me, let me back up a little bit. 
from yesterday. It does say uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, but we, have not, we are not ignorant of his devices. This is a scripture, and many people um, that might have a religious background are, are familiar with the scripture coming from, from the New Testament, but I don't think the context is really understood. Satan here being an adversary. Many of us look at Satan, and we're looking for um, uh, the devil. We're looking for this demon. We're looking for this, this little creature or this big creature that's got horns coming out of his head, who has a tail, who happens to be red all over, um, has, and has a pitchfork, um, like, like the emblem on the hot sauce bottle, or uh, Hellboy, if you remember the comic book Hellboy, uh, or Baphomet, that we, we're so caught up in, through mysticism and religion, looking for something like that, that we don't understand that the word Satan only means enemy, adversary, or foe. That's all the word Satan means, is enemy, adversary, or foe. And we look at how Pharaoh withstood Moses in the Most High. That made Pharaoh Satan at that particular time, in that Pharaoh was an enemy, an adversary, or a foe to Moses and the will of God at that particular time. He was an adversary to the Israelites. He was an adversary to Moses. He was an enemy. He was a foe. That would make him Satan. Today, when we say the so-called white man and, and, and in regards to his society is satanic, we're saying that and understanding that it's against and not for the promotion that the 12 tribes of Israel be freed from our captivity to go and serve the Lord our God. That all of our mental energy, our physical energy, our emotional energy will be given to the Lord God as opposed to how to keep ourselves surviving in this society, how to keep ourselves going in this world, how to maintain ourselves in this current world as opposed to all that energy, mental, spiritual, and intellectual, um, uh, physical energy being put into preparing for God's kingdom to come. God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven that our mental, physical, uh, emotional energies are not placed there, but being siphoned into how are we going to maintain ourselves. So it says we, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So if we're looking back to what happened for us as Hebrew Israelites, well, it was time for the Hebrew Israelites, the 12 tribes of Israel, to be delivered out of the captivity from the first Egypt, ancient Egypt. That if we look at those events, we can mirror and see a mirror similar in today's society that mirror those same events. All right? So, and try to keep that in mind. And try to keep that in mind. We also went to Job chapter 1 and verse 11. We also went to Job chapter 1 verse 11. And for what we went over yesterday from Job chapter 1 verse 11, we met from Job chapter 1 verse 1 all the way down to Job chapter 1 verse 11. But now that we're in Job, I just want to focus right now on Job chapter 1 and verse 11, where it says that similar to the, to the Hebrew Israelites, let me, let me slow down, let me slow down. Similar to how when Moses brought the word of salvation to the Hebrew Israelites, 
um, when we read Exodus chapter 4, I believe it was 18, it says, we believed Moses. We, we heard what he said. We saw the, the, what he did, and we believed him. And then we, we all worshiped God for this great news that he's going to come and save us and bring us out of captivity, bring us out of slavery, and bring us back to the land of milk and honey, to the land that he promised as a covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, that he's going to fulfill that promise now. We rejoiced. We worshiped God. We praised God that, yes, we're going to be saved. Right after that, as Moses went to Pharaoh, as we were reading once again, that Pharaoh and his government made things worse for the Israelites after receiving the word of salvation, and we got some, and we were rejoicing. We were worshiping God, but it got worse for us. Conditions for us got worse in Egypt. Coming back to Job chapter 1, verse 11, and reflecting on this, that Job was a perfect and upright man and one who eschewed evil. That is evident. And God did bless the work of his hand and, uh, and protected him. But now Satan here, being the influence, the, the, the angel who's the influence, uh, to tempt man to only think about himself, that, that Satan is now telling God about Job, who was a perfect and upright man and who had received plenty of blessings, material blessings from the Lord God, from uh, 10 children to uh, all of the, the uh, material wealth that Job was enjoying at that particular time and a lifestyle that Job was able to maintain because of how many, uh, the wealth that he had for those times. That in Job chapter 1, verse 11, it says, But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. That we want to reflect on this, brothers and sisters, that we want to kind of look at this and understand how in similar fashion, and, and try to connect these dots, in similar fashion that we put so much inventory and we put so much and we dedicate so much of our time and our lives into how to maintain a lifestyle here in this present world then now even after getting the knowledge that we are the 12 tribes of israel even after getting the knowledge that we are the israelites and that we're going to be saved um and understanding it in a practical way not, again not in a mystical way that that the Lord God is coming to save the Israelites out of captivity. That before that happens, as we get that knowledge, there's going to be things that happen to us. And as we was going more specifically um, in this series that we're doing to deny Christ, that there's going to be a lot of material things that we're going that the, the disciples of Christ, the followers of Christ, are going to lose. And there's going to be a lifestyle changes. That whosoever loses his life. For my sake in the Gospels, the same shall find it. But for what is a man profited if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? That a lot of people, when being confronted now with not maintaining themselves to the epitome of the, the standard that they want to live in, to, to the, the lifestyle they become accustomed to, 
that those things are going to be sacrificed um, or forsaken for Christ and for the gospel's sake. That when being confronted with that situation, and, and for us uh, as Israelites in general, people in general, I just say people in general, that with the cost of living rising higher and higher and higher and higher, and people thinking more and more about how they're going to survive and how they're going to be taken care of, there's less energy being put into the study and research of the scriptures. There's less energy into the belief and understanding of the scriptures. So in Job chapter 1 verse 11, when it says, but put forth that hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse thee to thy face, that now as people are, are, are being faced with losing, that will curse God. As people being faced with not being able to maintain themselves in this current present world, like our forefathers in Egypt, not being able to maintain themselves in that world at that time, that the Israelites came back and, and cursed Moses and Aaron and God, that upon hearing the knowledge that we we're going to be saved, Pharaoh and the Egyptians made things worse for us. And, and then we started to doubt Moses. We started to doubt Aaron. And that's something we carried on throughout even our salvation out of uh, Egypt. We kept saying that as our level of comfort, as our level of convenience kept getting touched, that we would curse Moses, want to kill Moses, want to kill Moses and his God, and would say things like, why did we come out here to die? We should have we stayed back in Egypt. You brought us and our wives and our children out here to die that we had these type of thoughts because what we had accustomed in our minds to maintaining a lifestyle that we wanted to live, that we wanted to maintain, wasn't being met the same way as what we've been conditioned in Egypt. Many times we wanted to, to, to kill Moses and curse God, and we did. So I'm, we're trying to bring some attention to the psychology the psychological warfare that's been waged against us to only think about how we're going to survive. That to now come back and now focus on the scriptures more would cause us to curse God. Would cause us, um, uh, the temptation would be there to curse God that, God, I thought you were supposed to be with me. Why am I being faced with this? Why am I going through this? That I'm working and I'm paying my bills, and why am I still going through these type of afflictions? Why am I still going through these things? That the, if, um, put forth that hand now and touch all that he has, that we would now curse God to his face. That these are some of the things that, that we're going to be faced, that we are faced with and going to be faced with, the closer and closer it gets to Christ actually delivering us out of this current present evil world. From Job chapter 1, verse 11, we did go to Isaiah chapter um, 8, verse 21. And we were just backing up that concept as we read Job, uh, Isaiah chapter 8. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 8. As we read verses, uh, let me pull it up real quick, just to make sure. As we read Isaiah chapter 8. As we read verses 8 all the way through 22, 
that we were focusing and looking at, again, another instance in history where uh, us as Hebrew Israelites, that again, just like what happened with Job, touch all that he has, and he will curse you to that face. That we find another instance in history that now in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21 specifically, um, that where it says in the King James Version, um, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21, in the King James it says, and they shall pass through, uh, and they shall pass through. And this is talking about the Hebrew Israelites. And again, go check out my show yesterday, um, uh, Tuesday Night Christ, part 11. And, and again, we, we, we really covered from uh, chapter chapter 8, verse, uh, what I said? Chapter 8, verse 8, all we, we covered this whole chapter. I just want to get specific now, this one particular verse. Um, that as Hebrew Israelites, because this is focused on the Hebrew Israelites, um, and they shall pass through it, um, hardly uh, bested, even though it says bestead, it means bested, and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. And what we want to focus in on here in verse 21 is that when we're bested and hungry, that uh, when we shall be hungry, meaning we're lacking, that we shall fret ourselves and curse our king, whoever our leadership is, and we will curse our God. So we came back now and looked at that same verse in different in different versions in different uh, different Bible versions. So in the um, in the AFV, uh, we looked at this, this verse and it said, and let me, let me just get this real quick also. In the AFV, which is the AFV, a faithful version of the Bible, right? In uh, a Bible called. Uh, a faithful version of the Bible. It says this, and they shall pass through the land, hard-pressed and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall rave and curse their king and their God and look upward. And what we want to take a look at is as dissimilar to touch all that he has, and he will curse you to that face. That for us as Hebrew Israelites, get to a point where we're going to be lacking. That's what it means to be to be hungry. That we're going to be hard pressed, similar to what we was going through in ancient Egypt. That now the the, the measure of bricks we had, to, we had to bring daily required us to have to put in more work. It required us to have to focus more on our work and not on what God wanted, in order to survive, in order to maintain ourselves in Egypt after we got the message that God's coming to save us. After Moses showed up, showed us the miracles, showed us the signs, and gave us the understanding that this is going to be the time of what was promised to Abraham, then to Isaac, and then to Jacob, that now we're at that time that after receiving all that, we were hard-pressed in ancient Egypt. Things got worse for us, and we started to curse our God. We started to curse Moses. Similar, now in the, during the time of Isaiah, again, from reading um, now the... Um, the AFV, it says, and they shall pass through the land hard-pressed. Now, we're going to be hard-pressed. It ain't going to be easy, and we're going to be hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall rave and curse 
their king, and their God. So as we're going through some of these different versions, we're trying to, I'm trying to bring some light and some understanding or some fullness to, uh, to understanding that we're going to go through, through situations as finding out we're the Israelites and now you know, getting into our studies of the Bible and understanding what's going on, that there's going to be conditions that we're going to go through that's going to have us hard-pressed. There's going to be conditions that we're going to go through where we're going to be hungry, where we're going to be lacking, where, where uh, we're going to be going through some things that's going to tempt us to rave and then tempt us to now curse the, our leadership and our God. When we look at the American Standard Version, the American Standard Version uh, Bible. I'm going to read it now. And it says, and they surpassed through it, sore distressed and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God. So here we're looking at from the American Standard Version. It says that we're going to be sore, sore distressed, similar to being hard-pressed, similar to the word in the King James Version where it said, well, we're going to be bested. It's not, uh, it's not, it's an old English word. It looks like it's, it's saying uh, bestead, but that's an old English word that's being bested, meaning we're, we're going to be hard, we're not going to be accommodated is what the word bested means. Well, we're not going to be accommodated. We're going to be hard-pressed, and we're going to be hungry that they shall rave or we shall uh, fret when we're going under this sore distress, this very heavy and hard uh, being distressed. And we're going to be hungry, which is going to tempt us to want to curse our God, to want to curse the leadership. When we look at the version of the Bible, which says the Bible in basic English, the Bible in basic English, it says, and he will go through the land in bitter trouble and in need of food. And when he is unable to get food, he will become angry, cursing his king and his God. So from the Bible in basic English, that from the conditions that we're going to be going under, that we're going to become, uh, when we are in bitter trouble, to go along with what was said um, uh, in the American Standard Version, uh, sore distressed. To along with what the AFV version says, hard pressed and hungry. That when we're in bitter trouble and in need of food, when we're hungry, we're going to fret, we're going to become angry, and we're going to curse our God. That's going to be the temptation, brothers and sisters. In, 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 the, in the emotions and the feelings that, that we're going to be dealing with. When we look at another version of the Bible called the Brenton Bible, right? another version of the Bible that's called the Brenton Bible, here's what it reads. And famine shall come sorely upon you, and it shall come to pass, that when you shall be hungry, you shall be grieved, and you shall speak ill of your prince and your father's ordinances. So look here at the Brenton Bible, the Brenton version. It says, when famine shall sorely come upon you, meaning it's going to be hitting us hard. We're going to be doing without. We're going to, we're going to, be, we're going to be famished, right? Famished, famished, um, uh, starving, lacking, 
that ye sh we shall be hungry. And then we're going to be grieved. Going along with the understanding, uh, we're going to be angry. We're going to be fretful. We're going to be, we're going to be raving. And then we're going to curse and speak evil, speak ill of our father's ordinances. That the, the, the things that the Most High wants us to go through and do, we're going to think is ridiculous. We're going to think that that's foolish. Like, hell no. Which, which leads to what tells in Corinthians how the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. But at the same time, and let me pull that scripture up real quick. I need, I need to start that right now. When we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that because of the things that we're going to be going through as, as Israelites, as the believers, chapter 2 and verse Verse 14, that first Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 is telling the same thing. But the natural man, that a person, when it says natural, and maybe I need to look this up too, um, but when a natural man, I'm going to say, look, I'm, I'm meaning that I want to look at this scripture and all the different versions of the Bible that we have available to get some context in this. But this is trying to keep this simple right now, that the natural man, that's what, uh, when you're in your natural state, you, you go by your instincts. You go by your feelings. You go by your emotions. You're being natural. Nature, like an animal. If we think about the word nature, we think about nature. We're thinking about animals. We're thinking about elephants and lions and tigers and bears and, 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 and leopards and cheetahs and, and wildebeests and antelopes and, and uh, muskrats and, and, and uh, prairie dogs. We're thinking about nature. And how do they operate? How do they move? By their instincts. So, when it's saying to us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man, when a man is just so in touch with his senses and his emotions and his superstitions, that First Corinthians two fourteen says, "But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God." That now to do things and receive the ordinances, and to keep the focus on what God wants, and what this is, we should be making for God. The natural man is not going to be able to receive that. Brothers and sisters, please hold on one second. Please hold on one second.
Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. All right, brothers and sisters. So returning back to what we was going over. Forgive me for that for that little intermission I had to take. But now, if, if we're coming back to looking at some of these different versions um, from Isaiah to the Abrams 21 and reflecting on that conditions are going to get to the point where because we're not able to maintain ourselves, um, a, a, the style of living, a comfortable, a comfortable living, um, just a, a routines that we're used to, that we're going to get to the point where we're going to uh, be grieved and then we're going to speak evil or speak ill of, of uh, our condition and of our Father's ordinances, that we're not going to want to follow what God says. That in First, First Corinthians chapter 2, it says, but the natural man, when we're so connected to our senses and so connected to how we feel, that the natural man receiving not the things of the Spirit of God, that we're not going to understand what God has going on. We're going to be so distressed, so hard-pressed, so... so uh, uh, um, what were some of the words that were used? Uh, so hungry, uh, in bitter trouble, in need of food, that we're not going to receive the things of the Spirit of God. Reading on with First Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen, it says, "For they are foolishness unto him." I'm reading this the whole thing again. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. For a person that's being directed or conditioned to only think about how they feel, to only think about their condition, to only think about what they're lacking and what, what, what's going on, is that they're not able to maintain their level of comfort that to now to do the things that God requires, to, to be focused on what God wants us to do and make decisions based on what pleases God, for that particular type of person, to follow what God wants would be foolish. To follow what God is saying would not make any sense to a person who is so connected to their feelings, for a person that's so connected to their emotions. Reading on, it says, Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And because a person is, is just so into their feelings, their senses, and what they're going through, being so connected with their anger, with their distress, with their, uh, 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 what is it, bitter trouble, the lack of food, all that's going to be left is being angry, cursing, fretful, raving like a raving lunatic, that that's going to be a mental condition that people are going, that we're going to be tempted to be in. These are some of the things that, that we want to look out for. We want to be aware of, all right? When we come to the, uh, the Beeman Study Bible, the Beeman Study Bible is another version of the Bible, and it's a study Bible. This is what they have translated. And it says, they will... They will roam the land, dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upward, they will curse their king and their God. 
that in being dejected and hungry, when we are famished, when these senses are being touched on, that that will be the case where we will curse God and deny that this is what we got to go through. Deny that I'm not going to go through these type of things. And I'm going to do whatever it takes not to feel these sensations. I'm going to do whatever it takes. By any means necessary, I'm going to make my money. I'm going to focus more on my money. I'm, I'm going to work harder, work more at getting my money, at getting my mammon, as a po- so that I can not feel this. That's what we're going to be faced with. That I'm not going to believe the scriptures because of how I'm feeling. Because of what I'm going through. When we check out uh, the Beaver Study Bible, along with the Hebrew Greek Interlinear Bible, right? The, the Beaver Study Bible, along with the Hebrew Greek Interlinear Bible, it says, and they will pass through, they will pass through, through it, hard pressed and hungry. And it shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and lift upward. And then that looking upward means like there's no hope. There's no good. All right? So again, look at how it's stressing on when we're hard-pressed, when we're dejected, when we are, uh, here it says, when we're grieved, when we are uh, in bitter trouble, uh, when we are sore distressed, when we are hard depressed because of hung, because we're hungry, uh, because of the need of food, uh, because of, uh, again, being hungry, uh, being famished, that we will curse our God. We will deny that, that we're going through these things, and this is what God wants. We will deny these things. In the English Standard Version, in the English Standard Version of the Bible, it says, they will pass through the land, greatly distressed, greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And again, just look at some of the words that are being, being emphasized here. That when we are greatly, greatly distressed and hungry, that we will be enraged, and then we will speak contemptuously against our king, meaning whoever our leadership, the teaching, and our God, because of what we're feeling. And this is the um, the ex- exegete. Read this again. In the it's called the E E R G, right? The E E R B. I'm sorry, E E R B which is the Exegesis Ready Research Bible. The Exegesis Ready Research Bible, okay? The Exegesis Ready Research Bible, the ERRB. It says this, and it shall pass through it. Hardly bested, hardened, and hungry, famished. And again, when it says hardly bested, that bested means hardly accommodated. When we look at the word B-E-S-T-E-A-D, bested, 
it means accommodated. So when we are hardly accommodated for, our accommodations are not being met and uh, hardened and hungry or famished, and so be, it shall come to pass, that when they shall be hungry or famished, they shall fret themselves and get uh, enraged and curse a base, our king and our God, Elohim. All right? I'm just trying to, again, look at what happened to us in ancient Egypt and, and similar conditions that we're facing and we're going to face today. For us to now be aware of these things, to look for these things, to understand what's going on that is trying to take away our faith. It's trying to take away our hope. That God said he's coming to save us, we can't let go of that. We have to have faith in the scriptures. But the fact that we're going to be facing, that as the cost of living keeps rising and rising and rising and rising, that today we might be able to get to some of these scriptures about what conditions we're having in the world that's going to have people. What kind of, what kind of things are people going to be doing? All right? Uh, reading on, in the Good News Bible, in the Good News Bible, the GNB, it says the people will wander through the land, discouraged and hungry. In their hunger and their anger, they will curse their king and their God. So it says we're going to be discouraged and hungry. And that's going to cause us to be angry. All right? When we check out the, uh, the ISV, which is the International Standard Version, the International Standard Version, it says, they'll pass through the land while greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they'll become in, enraged and they'll curse their king and their God. Again, all these different versions, what is being focused on? What kind of feelings we're going to be feeling that's going to cause us to curse our God? Even after getting the good news, even after getting the gospel, that these conditions are going to have us want to curse our God. In the JPS, which is the, the Jewish Publication Society, this is what it says. And they shall pass this way that are sore bested and hungry. Again, Hardly accommodated and hungry, and it shall come to pass when they are hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God. All right, in the in the JUB, and let's find out what that is real quick. The JUB, the Jubilee Bible. In the JUB, which is the Jubilee Bible, another version of the Bible, in the JUB, the Jubilee version of the Bible, it says, then they shall pass through this land, fatigued and hungry. And it shall come to pass. Then when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God. So see here, being fatigued. I'm trying, if we try and get all these words, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, 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 I'm painting a picture that everybody's able to see in the same way I'm seeing it, that when we're going to be sore bested, when we're going to be grieved, when we're going to be greatly distressed, when we're going to be discouraged, when we're going to be fatigued, when we're going to be um, hardly bested um, and hardened, when we're going to be uh, greatly distressed and hungry, when we're going to be, uh, what do you say, hard-pressed, when it says when we're going to be dejected, 
when we're going to be uh, when famine shall surely to us sorely come upon you, um, when we're in bitter trouble and in need of food, when we are sore distressed and hungry, uh, when, we, when we are hard pressed, all the different emotions that we're going to uh, have against God because of what we're going through. Because of what we're going through. When we read the uh, W.E.B., all right, when we read uh, the W.E.B., and the W.E.B. is the World English Bible. All right, the W.E.B. is the World English Bible. When we look at this version, the World English Bible tells us this. They will pass through it very distressed and hungry, very distressed and hungry. And it, it will happen that when they are hungry, they will worry and curse by their king and by their God. When we are very distressed and hungry, that we will worry and wind up cursing God. So, brothers and sisters, I, know, I kind of rushed to this during the end of our class yesterday that I want to really kind of bring this out today so, so that uh, and try, try and keep this in context. I know we, we, we spread through it yesterday that what we got to be aware of, um, like it tells us in Ecclesiasticus, in the Apocrypha chapter 2, or Syriac, chapter 2, verse 11, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare your soul for temptation. I guess that would be a good, a good time for us to look at that right now. Uh, let's go to, uh, in the Apocrypha, to uh, Ecclesiasticus, or the book of Syriac, for some brothers and sisters. Uh, Chapter 2 and verse 1. And it says this, My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. What's going to be the temptation? To give in to the worry. To give in to the distress. To give in to the anger. To give in to the fatigue. To give in to the, uh, 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 the fretfulness. To give in to not being accommodated. To give into the 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 uh, the different emotions, there's going to be a temptation to give into those things that we now curse the Most High, that we curse our God. So again, in, in Syriac or Ecclesiastes chapter two verse one, it says, "My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. Set verse two, set thy heart aright." And constantly endure and make not haste in time of trouble because trouble is coming. When we say we're going to serve the Lord and we understand that we're receiving his message, the gospel, we've got to get ready for temptation. we got to get ready that there's going to be a time of trouble. Verse 3, cleave unto him, meaning cleave unto the words. The trouble's coming. The the The... Time of fatigue, the distress, the word is going to come. It says, cleave unto him and depart not away. That thou mayest be increased at the, thy last end. Whatsoever, verse 4, whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully. And be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. Are, are we seeing, where, seeing that what he says here? 
my son, when thou come to serve the Lord, what should you prepare for when you set in your mind, I'm coming to serve the Lord? See, when we actually read the Bible, when we actually read the scriptures, it's totally opposite, 180 degrees opposite of what we've been conditioned to believe from getting baptized at church. When we get baptized at church or we get christened at church, there's this thing that now we're supposed to have the world open up to us. And that every accommodation, every, every comfort, every, uh, uh, everything that we want is supposed to be now available at our fingers because now we've accepted the Lord God, Jesus Christ, into our hearts. But when we actually read these scriptures, that's not the, the pattern of how it goes. Brothers and sisters, I, I give you David. When after David was anointed king, he was anointed king as a young as a youth. He wasn't quite old enough to be in the army yet. And we know uh, from the scriptures, from the law, that a young man didn't enter the army. He wasn't eligible to enter the army until he was 20 years old. So David was not yet quite 20 years old when he was anointed king by Samuel. That's a great re- that's a great thing. You're anointed king. You're the leader of the nation of Israel, the king of God's people. He's helping the king. He's the king's armor bearer. Then he has to deal with what? The jealousy, the envy. Saul's maliciousness. We go back and read the story of David. David Saul was trying to kill David. For, this, for David just doing being right with God after being anointed the king. And when you put the timeline together, that lasts for over 20 years. 20 years is on David had to flee from Saul, deal with Saul, trying to kill him. Saul slandering his name and, and getting all Israel to try and go against David, to justify his actions against David. What did David have to do? Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a low estate. For gold is tried in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. We're going to have to go through adversity. Believe in him, and he will help thee. Order thy way aright. Get your priorities straight on what God wants, not what you want. Order your way aright and trust in him. So if we understand this, brothers and sisters, I hope that I'm, 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 I hope, well, I, I hope this is the case. I hope people are understanding what, the, what we're going over. I know some people might not agree with it, but, but, what I'm concerned with now, do people understand where I'm coming from, what these scriptures are pointing at? I know from for the mental conditioning that many of us have been under, it's going to be hard to agree with, but can we understand what these scriptures are saying? All right? Um, yes, that's good. I do like that. But we're not going to go into that right now. I'm just going through some of my notes, brothers and sisters. Um, let's go to Second Ezra. All right, and again, in the apocrypha, let's go to Second Ezra chapter 15, and actually, we're going to start at verse seven, and we're going to read through 
let me see here, through 19. All right, let's go to Second Ezra. Chapter 15, and what I say, we're going to start at verse 7. Second Andrew chapter 15, verse 7. All right? And again, in trying to get our minds prepared and get an understanding about the things that we go through, well, we're going to feel discouraged. We're going to feel the, the, the pressure. We're going to feel the distress. We're supposed to. We're supposed to. Because that's going to be a temptation not to believe the scriptures. That's going to be the temptation to want to just think more about work and my comfort. How am I going to maintain what I'm trying to put together? How am I going to maintain what I want? How am I going to maintain what I want, my own accommodations? That's going to be causing a lot of stress to get us to curse the most high. All right, and and if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. Let's go to Second Ezra chapter fifteen verse seven. I don't know if I should start here or Matthew twenty-four. This this is right here. I got it in my notes. Let's go to Second Ezra chapter fifteen verse seven, verse seven, and it reads: Therefore saith the Lord, I will hold my tongue no more as touching their wickedness which they profanely commit. So for all the world, the Lord says he will know, uh, he's not going to hold his tongue anymore as touching the wickedness that's going on in this earth. As we look more and more at the LGBTQ um, uh, abominations, as we look at more and more people just following their own imaginations, similar to what was going on right before the flood, in that time period, before the flood, again, things we in the foretime went for our learning, that there's nothing new under the sun, that before the flood, when we read Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, everybody was just doing what they wanted to do for whatever thought, whatever made them feel good. Whatever came, whatever thought came to their imagination, that's what every, the whole entire world was doing. And remember, Christ told us in Matthew chapter 24 that as in the days, in the Noah, as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered to the ark. That everybody was just feasting and eating and doing what they wanted to do, following their own imaginations. And finally got to the point where God was fed up with it. So now in 2 Andrew chapter 15, verse 8, it says, I will hold my tongue no more as touching their wickedness, that he's been quiet about it. When we read Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, it says, come out of it, my people. Uh, and be not partakers of her, her sins, and she's not of her plagues. I, I, I gotta read that real quick. Uh, let me pull it up on my phone because I want to lose my spot here. I can do it. I can do it. And I'm looking at my time. Revelation chapter 18, and verse 4. And it says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that she be not partakers of her sins. And that you receive not of her plagues. Verse, uh, verse 5, Revelation chapter 18, verse 5. For her sins have reached up to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. This guy is talking about Babylon the Great, but it's talking about the whole entire world. All right? And that now 
it finally got to a point where okay, God's gonna say that's that's it. I'm, and this is what the world is looking for as far as uh, what Armageddon, all right? That we're gonna finally be in that time where it, it's time to come and save us, and that, and it's over. Armageddon it, it, it coincides with the salvation of the Israelites. You can ha- you cannot have one without the other. All right. So now returning back to the apocrypha, the second Ezra chapter fifteen and verse eight. It says, I will hold my tongue no more at such in their wickedness, which they profanely commit. Neither will I suffer them in those things in which they wickedly exercise themselves. Behold, the innocent and righteous blood cries unto me, and the souls of the just complain continually. If it, this ain't describing what, what's going on and how much worse it's going to get here. In the world and in America, come on, brothers and sisters, damn. Verse 9, and therefore, says the Lord, I will surely avenge them and receive unto me all the innocent blood from among them. Now, remember, we started this, this, this um, yesterday in reading Luke chapter 18, verse 8, where it said the Lord is going to avenge them uh, uh, speedily. But when the Lord returns, will he find faith on the earth? And we're examining some of the things that, are going to be, that we're going to be faced with that he has the question. Christ himself has the question, will he find faith on the earth? So we're going to be avenged. The Israelites are going to be avenged. The righteous are going to be avenged. And, and for all the innocent blood that's been shed, that is going to be, there's going to be an account, account for. Now, verse 10. 2 Ezra 15, verse 10. Behold. My people is led as a flock to the slaughter. That as we look uh, 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 in this world and things that's going on, we are being led as flock to the slaughter. We have no defense. We have uh, no help. We have we have nothing. That our enemies can really destroy us at any time they wanted to. And I don't care how many guns you think you got. I don't care how much ammunition you think you have. The so-called white man is not going to give somebody any stronger than what he got. And I don't care what type of, of, of boot camps we have set up for ourselves. You're not going to do better than SEAL training boot camps. You're not going to out-train uh, more than uh, uh, um, Green Beret boot camps. We need to try and, and, and wear the camouflage and, and, and go on, on, on maneuvers. We're not going to outdo what Esau is doing with his top forces. You can forget about it. We don't have the money. We don't have the training. We don't have access to any type of stuff. It's cool if you just want to keep in shape. Cool. But to think that that's going to actually help us? No. You think Esau ain't learned guerrilla warfare from what he dealt with in Vietnam and in Korea? You think he hasn't learned guerrilla warfare from what he's dealt with in, in Afghanistan with all the IEDs? Come on. You, you think that, that we're, we're coming up with something new? No. We're, we're, we are flocked. We are sheep to the slaughter. It says, I will not suffer them now to dwell in the land of Egypt. We're going to be saved. We're going to be delivered. But there's going to be some rough times, brothers and sisters. Check it out. And I know I'm coming up with my two hours, but I'm just going to continue this passage a little bit further. I'm going to finish the second address, and then we're going to shut this one down. Second Ezra chapter 15, verse 11. But I will bring them with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm and smite Egypt with plagues as before, and would destroy all the land thereof. 
I wanted to get to verse 11, brothers and sisters. Second answer chapter 15, verse 11. I, I hope we caught what is being said. I'm going to read it again. Second answer chapter 15, verse 11. But I will bring them with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm and smite Egypt with plagues as before and will destroy all the land thereof. The biggest statement in this whole verse, as before. If we will go back and look at and study what happened in ancient Egypt, and this is how you know it's not talking about the land where Cairo, Egypt, because he's going to smite it again. So it's, it's talking about Cairo, Egypt. It's talking about this Egypt that we're currently in right now, the place of our captivity that we're in right now. He's going to smite it with plagues as before. What did the Lord do to the ancient Egyptians back then? And what did the Egyptians do in return about hearing about our, we hearing about our salvation? We're hearing that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was going to come to save us. What did the Egyptian government under Pharaoh, what did they do at that time to us to get our minds off of thinking about the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? What were the conditions that were set up for us? What kind of distresses? What kind of fatigue? What kind of, uh, of uh, hungers? What kind of famines? What kind of, of, of accommodations were not being met that was, that was causing us to be angry, to give up hope, to fret, to rave, to worry, so that we would curse at the time, our king at that time, Moses, and curse God? Brothers and sisters, I, I, I pray that this message is, is reaching everybody in the way it's supposed to, that, that we're supposed to be getting ourselves ready. And when I, when I say ready, preparing for what's going to happen, that we're not going to be able to get away from it. We're going to experience these things because Christ had experienced some of these same feelings, the de- being dejected, being uh, uh, hard-pressed, being... Uh, uh, going through hungry, famine, being um, uh, uh, not accommodated, being distressed. He had to go through those things to show us how to go through the same thing, how not to get angry and want to curse God, how not to get mad and just so into our emotions that we fret and that, that our worry gets us to curse God. He gave us the path. No one gets to the Father, St. John 14 and 6, but by me. Let me keep reading here. We're, going to be, we're almost done. Egypt shall mourn, and the foundation of it shall be smitten with the plague and punishment that God shall bring upon it. One thing we didn't go through, brothers and sisters, and I'm not sure if I'm going to or not, but one thing we didn't go through is, you remember, the Egyptians had the Israelites from when Moses first brought the that uh, the message of salvation to us and and what he set up for us uh, to maintain what we had to do to maintain ourselves in Egypt 
that it causes to be scattered throughout the whole empire of Egypt, which would be similar to us being scattered to all of America to find work so we can maintain a cost of living. While we were scattered throughout Egypt and now concentrating on our work, concentrating on how to maintain ourselves, that a lot of the plagues that first hit the Egyptians hit us as well because we were with the Egyptians, because we've been scattered amongst the Egyptians. That a lot of those plagues, when the water was turned to blood, a lot of us that were scattered and being along with the Egyptians, our vessel had blood in them also. It wasn't until we actually started coming back together and forming ourselves in Goshen. We came together. We unified. That the plagues that were meant for Egypt didn't affect us. But we had to unify. Back then, we had to unify in Goshen. Reading on now, Second Israel chapter 15, verse 13. Now, this, this, this is important to us also. They that till the ground shall mourn. Who are those that till the ground? That's farmers. Listen, I know right now that there's, there's been a lot of flooding and there's been a lot of uh, uh, crazy weather, rain and everything. But y'all remember last summer, last year, how bad the drought was across the west and the south? Y'all remember how bad the drought was how, how, how in the Midwest cattle were dropping dead from starvation. There was no water. There was nothing for them to eat. Y'all remember this? And I'm saying this for, for a lot of our brothers and sisters. We think that uh, we that our own gardens are going to sustain us. That's going to prevent us from unifying together. They that uh, till the ground, second answer to 15 verse 13. They that till the ground shall mourn, for their seeds shall fail through the blasting and hell, and with a fearful constellation. When we deal with constellation, we're dealing with the stars. We're dealing with signs. We're dealing with, with, with uh, meteorology, which is dealing with the weather. It's going to be crazy weather conditions. This goes along with Second um, with Matthew chapter 24. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. From the tornadoes, the blasting, El Nino, um, of, of record-setting heat, record-setting load. How long did winter last? They call, it, they call it global warming, and they're trying to uh, uh, attribute it to climate control, which is really dealing with the finances, which is not really dealing with the weather, but we can deal with what they say is global warming and all the weather anomalies. Check it out, verse 14, 2nd Ezra chapter 15, verse 14. Woe to the world, and then that dwell therein, for the sword and their destruction draws nigh, and one people shall stand up and fight against another. And swords in their hands. What's the modern day swords? Guns. Weaponry. 
wherever the technology is at right now, you can best believe we don't have enough to match up with it. We're the ones that have let us flock to the slaughter. Verse 16. For there shall be sedition among men and invading one another. They shall not regard their king, nor princes. And the course of their actions shall stand in their power. That everybody is, is, is going to be only the strong survive. It's, it's going to be only the strong survive. It's going to be a king of the jungle. It's going to be beastly out here. Like a bunch of animals. Verse 17. A man shall desire to go into a city and should not be able. If that's not martial law, I don't know what it is. Check it out. Verse 18. For because of their pride, the cities shall be troubled. The houses shall be destroyed and men shall be afraid. Verse 19. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbor, but shall destroy their houses with the sword and spoil their goods. Spoil means steal their goods. Why? Because of the lack of bread and for great tribulation. This is the reason I wanted to get to this verse right here is behind what we read in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21, and all the different verses of the Bible that, that, that we was going through and related to what, what happened in ancient Egypt, that from the lack of what was being supplied and the, the amount of work we had to do to try and maintain ourselves, that there was an anger and a curse of God that took place. We're, we're seeing the same thing happening and it's going to get worse here today. But check it out, verse, uh, verse 20. Behold, second Ezra chapter 15, verse 20. Behold, says God, I will call together all the kings of the earth as you reverence me, which are from the rising of the sun, from the south, and uh, Lebanus, and turn themselves one against another and repay the things that they have done to them. Like as they do yet unto my chosen, so will I do also and recompense in their bosoms. Thus saith the Lord God. Brother and sister, I'm, I'm going to end this, this fast right here at, at this point, right at this conjunction, this, this, this spot right here. I'm going to end it um, right here. We have to get our spirits ready for what is taking place and it's going to get worse. This is what we want to make sure we're studying. 2 Timothy 2.15, to show ourselves approved unto God and that we are rightly dividing the word of truth. Let me see if I got the scripture here. Um, one second, you know, I'm seeing the final scripture. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to leave it there. Come on, second Ezra two verse fifteen. Study to show some approved unto God. Our workmen that need not to be ashamed. Right, divided the word of truth. If we want to make sure that what we're doing, how we're acting, the decisions we make are right as as from what the scripture says. We can go back and read the study and see how men moved in the past, and they made right decisions, right choices, or they made wrong decisions, wrong choices. All right, brothers and sisters, I do want to thank everybody who, who, who uh, either you, you listen to the Answer Class live or you might catch the archive show. I thank you for tuning in and forgive me. Uh, yeah, it wasn't Tells Apart Tuesday. Or, I'm sorry. It wasn't uh, Thursday uh, with Tells Apart for the uh, um, uh, come on, Shaba. For FYI, for your information, uh, he'll if the most of us said the same, he will be back on Tuesday, and he'll be back again next Thursday, uh, continuing his teaching, his classes, and the edification that, that he does give. Uh, please please uh, stay tuned with us. Uh, don't forget to tune in to Blog Talk tomorrow night, uh, Bonabod's Friday night, Friday night Bible Breakdowns with Brother Bonabod, starting at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time uh, tomorrow night. And for tonight, uh, being Thursday, please check out. Uh, the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge on Facebook Live starting at 7 p.m. Uh, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge on Facebook Live starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or check out ISBHBK Rochester. Or check out ISBHBK Rochester Live starting at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. All right? Thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, hopefully, um, there was some edification uh, that was given. There was some understanding that was given. I there might not be some agreement of what was given, but hopefully there is some understanding about what was given. Uh, and just trying to be a watchman, trying to be a watchman, trying to blow the horn, and trying to uh, get others prepared, and trying to get myself prepared for the mental battle, the emotional warfare that we're facing and what we're going to have to endure through. All right, brothers and sisters, thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, for ISBHBK, uh, this is Mashaba, and I'd like to say Shalom. Yahweh our power, Yahweh is one.